magically and belatedly yours it's back it's the kill your gods podcast it won't stay dead even though it wants to it has lost the will to live my name is jesse dram i am the host i guess i'm not recording an intro this week sometimes you just start that and it's like okay i'm not recording an intro this week i am covered in fucking poison oak i am slowly dying my guest this week to talk about harry potter and the sorcerer's stone chapter six through nine your friend of mine he's a comedian he's a saxophonist he's a dad his name's steve bickle hey how you doing buddy yeah get that call yeah get that dying with your fucking scurvy face (laughs) oh yeah if you're not watching the video version of this right now my eyes are puffy and pink and uh frankly it's the best they've looked all week the very one of the very first things i got was i woke up in the morning and i just had like a tiny little like fucking midget pussy eyelid just swollen <laughs> shut yeah i never got it i never got it in my eyes i have gotten it on my dick but not my eyes i've gotten it on my asshole too i got it a little bit near my asshole thankfully yeah. it, it cleared up on its own i think my asshole is just a toxic enough area that like it's <laughs> it's a, it's a little bit like an event horizon in a black hole where just like no life can exist yeah. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was actually right where well, we started recording because we were talking about poison ivy on the dick, and I'm like, okay, we we have to bring this to the people. I had poison ivy on when I was a kid. I had it on my dick so bad, I I had to have taken off at least a couple layers of skin, scratching. Oof. It was just it. I can remember. It's one of those things that like it, 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 this could be like 30 years ago. And I, I can remember the exact feeling to this day that everything else I could deal with, but, but yeah, getting it, getting it on your, and the, the thing about like getting it on your balls is it's not like a flat surface, you know, that you can really no. you know, scratch at. Mm-hmm. You got to kind of, you got to, you got to flatten them out a little bit and then you got to really get in there. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. One of, one of my favorite things with my wife is like, you know, obviously, you know, men and women have different parts or depending. I've heard. I'm just going by the broad and I'm ignoring all the modernism of that. Yeah. Men and women have different parts. And it's funny, mm-hmm. you like get used to them a little bit, but then there's like little shit that you need to be like married to notice. Like, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I showed my wife very recently like, oh, no, I'm going to stretch out my ball skin like a canvas and you put your iPhone light behind it and watch it light up like E.T.'s fingers. Like she didn't know that happened. <laughs> Here's the thing. Everybody has different relationships. The only, you know, I, I've been, you know, I, I don't, and this is no disrespect towards you, but I don't, I would do that with you before I would do that with my wife. Just because some semblance of in the relationship. You need to I keep the intimacy there. That's too, leave- that's, that's too close. I will leave a room to, I've been with my wife like almost like 20 years. I will leave a room if I have to bust ass. That's, that's not a life worth living, Steve Bickle. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm glad <laughs> you have such concern for your wife's delicate Victorian nostrils. But uh... why? Wait? I don't want to be sitting around and we're just farting around legitimately no pun intended and you know you know leave a little mystery Mm. in the relationship you know i still don't think my wife poops 
Ooh, yeah, I will say this with my wife, uh, pretty much all my exes, I have seen poop at one point or another, not even like a sex thing. It's just, it's just there. Sometimes I have not seen my wife's poop and, uh, good. You yeah, should keep I, it that way. That is a good thing. You should try to, that's the, that, that's the poop anniversary, 35 years. No, I mean, but if, let's say we were living together. Okay. okay. Why, why, why would I just walk in while you were shitting? Wouldn't I be like, hey, close the door. That's your that's your private time. I don't need to be in there having a conversation with you. So why would would the person that you're spending your life? All right, you broke up for a second there, but I will answer. Uh, we talked about seeing poop. We were not discussing walking in on somebody pooping. That has happened all the time, all the all the time, and. Uh, I think I, I think I got kicked off for a second, but I'm back. You did. I I, I kept the ball in the air. Uh, you, we yeah, were talking very man. different things. We were talking about seeing. I thought when you said saw your wife's poop, I thought we were talking poop the noun, and not poop the verb. I have absolutely seen my wife poop the verb. I have seen her in the act of pooping. I have not seen the mm-hmm. the, the specimen. Yeah, no, she wanders in on me all the time. Uh-huh when I'm pooping. I don't care for it, but what, what am I going to do? I, you can wait. Uh, you know, I, I'm like that even with my kids. I'm like, shut the door. I don't want to be involved. Like, I like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a weirdo. To each his own. I don't, this isn't a hard rule. You know, whatever works for you, I'm happy. you can shit all over each other. That's great. Daddy needs some boundaries. And it's important to put those down there because I remember, dude, I had a friend who's, uh, his mother was from Germany. And like, so I don't know, they just had a whole weird European aspect to everything. I had a deli- I had a pizza delivery to his house when I was delivering once. And he just tells me to come in. He's sitting on the fucking toilet and his sister is doing her makeup in the mirror. And they're like 19 and 17 at this point. No. I don't know. Just a, just a I, I I I just look at it as a gross German thing. Like uh, that is no, that, that that's a family that has no boundaries, and that could that that's definitely the therapy thing later in life, right there. That's that's not normal. Uh, yeah, our no. on Aryan and pure, therefore the even even the waist is beautiful from the the, the master waist. <laughs> Anyway, this is a Harry. This is a Harry Potter podcast, I think. <laughs> you can cut all that shit. Oh, it's all going in. Uh, Bickle, before we start, where can we find you online? Do you have anything to promote right now? Uh, just uh, Steve Bickle on Facebook. Um, Speakeasy Philly uh, on Instagram. Even though I'm more of a Facebook person, I'm old. Um, no, I just I mean, I got just some shows and stuff coming up. I, I post everything on there, so you know, if anybody wants to come see me. Yeah, the best thing would be. Ah, we lost them. This is a bad connection we got here, guys. If worse comes to worse, I will just do this myself because you guys have waited long enough. Oh, God, what a miserable fucking week. I really hope I don't have tetanus. I really want a beer. Oh, is he back? He might be. Chapter six, platform nine and three quarters. Yeah, man, we keep losing you. I can I can see your back now, but you want me to try my phone real quick? 
Yeah, you know what? Try try your phone because honestly, the uh, the audio is not much different than it was before. Okay. So yeah, try set that up. I'll I'll, I'll bullshit for a minute. Okay, I'm gonna cut off for this and then come in on there. All right, sounds good, buddy. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Philly comedy news. We have had our annual Philly's funniest contest, and the winner, I could not be prouder to say, my buddy Joe Murdoch. A fucking dark horse if there ever was one. Uh, fucking one-liner extraordinaire worshipped Weird Al. Fucking killed it. So go check out Joe Murdoch wherever you see him. I'm going to have him at the Flying Fish Brewery in Somerdale, New Jersey. I think we're going to have him on the September show. But yeah, I'm glad he made it. He is a great guy. You back, Bickle? Yeah. Sorry, man. I'm in like a dead zone here. How are you with your Wi-Fi and shit over there? I'm pretty good. It's on new internet, but uh, we, we got it because we're not in a two-bedroom apartment. We actually bumped it up a little bit. Also, my wife's company pays for her internet, so we're like, yeah, fuck it. Get the, get the 30 mega tonnage 5G shit that's going to make me infertile. I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway... But yeah, so what, what, so I so let me get this straight. So you read Harry Potter and then you tell me about it because I want to be honest with you. I've never uh, I've never read the books or seen the movie. So you're just telling me everything about uh, the book so I get into it. All right. Well, we had some miscommunication <laughs> here because I thought you uh, read these chapters. Okay. Yeah. No, I. I'm just I'm just screwing with you, buddy. I doubt yeah. Okay. No, I'm a big, I'm a big HP fan. Yeah, tell big me your story, HP especially. Fan. I can, I can give you my background. Give me, give me the background. Also, I'm with curious. That, yeah, give me your background with it. I'm also curious, well, you, as a father, how you've gotten kids into it, if you have gotten them into it. No, I, that that's one thing. They they want nothing to do with it. I have tried several times. Uh, I'm I'm guessing maybe they're still too young. Um, but I've tried like the movies, I've tried reading the book and yeah, there, I mean, these kids now, man, everything is, if it's not a YouTube 30 second clip, they don't want anything to do with it. Um, but I mean, me, I, I was older when it came out. Uh, and you know, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't reading like any, you know, young, young adult, whatever it's called fiction, uh, at that time. Cause I was probably like 19 and, um, I went and saw when the first movie came out. I went and saw it with my mom. Had a little mom date. Um, oh, mom date. Yeah, a little mom date. She never gave out though. But um, we went and saw it. And then, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was a great movie. I it definitely. I mean, I'm a I'm a big Goonies fan and things like that. So anything like that, you know, I really enjoyed. Uh, but then I I interned at a radio station that is no longer in existence. Ninety four WYSP. Uh, B101. Oh, okay. Easy female listening. That was that was their tar- target audience. <laughs> uh, so I fit right in. But uh, they were giving away, there were four books out at the time, and they were giving away the box set. And they were like, do you want one? And I was like, I mean, I, I read all the time. Um, and I took one. So I got like a nice box set. And I think the second movie was coming out at the time. So I actually started with the second book and I would read it on the train going back and forth uh, to Temple. And so then I, I went through those ones, went back and reread the first one because I didn't read it. And, you know, 
realized how i mean the the first movie is pretty good it, it's 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 true they put in everything that they could mm-hmm. uh as you read these you'll see what they had to keep out there's a few things like later in the series that i'm really pissed that they took out it you know because i think it would have a lot of political stuff and you know just a lot of you know she did a lot of stuff you know with racism and class Mm. system you know which is still very big over in in england and stuff but um very big in england and nowhere else we have of course eradicated (laughs) it here yeah but uh no so yeah and then i i i read it on the train and i became like a huge i became like uh i didn't wait in line for the books but i did pre-order them so i did make sure that i had one when they came out and then me and my wife were by book six by five six seven we were reading them together you know so yeah and then i i probably reread i probably reread the first one uh i, I love goblet of fire so i definitely reread that one again i think i listened to a couple on audio and you know of course saw all the movies and everything like that but that's awesome so you actually started a little bit where i was of uh they had already come out when i was still like maybe at like the the high age for them but at that point i was already a full depressed like you know i'm gonna read kurt vonnegut and hunter s thompson because i'm a Because I am a world weary, I am a world weary sixteen year old that has never got his dick sucked. I and there's nothing wrong with that, and I probably would have been the same way. Uh, I was an open minded twenty year old. Um, I wouldn't have read them probably when I was sixteen. And I love Vonnegut. I mean, I've read everything he ever wrote, and I'm actually glad a lot of the stuff I read later in life than when I was sixteen, because I probably definitely wouldn't have understand. Oh, understood half the shit I read. You get an entirely different, like, I just, uh, I always thought Slaughterhouse Five was a little overrated in his canon. I went back and reread yeah. that for the first time in like 14 years and just blew my mind out of my asshole. Like, it yeah, was great. I, I have no, no, what's funny though, I have no, um, I can't recall, like, so I remember I read a lot of, uh, I've read, I've read like a lot of Vonnegut late teens, early Mm twenties. Then I'm going to say about uh, eight years ago, nine years ago, I read everything. I literally just went through, you know, on Audible. I read, not Audible, um, you know, the one that you can read on the tablet, whatever it was before Audible, Kindle. I went through, read everything, but like, I, I don't know. I'm so bad at retaining shit now. Like if you if you started going through the plots, then I'd go, okay, that's that one. Like because some of them are very, you know, they tie in a lot and shit like that. I'm like, oh, I don't even know. Okay, what I mean, Slaughterhouse Five. I know. We're gonna try this. We're gonna try this. Uh, <laughs> Rabo Karabakian is a one-eyed Armenian painter, and uh, a a widow starts harassing him in his mansion uh, about the the painting that he keeps hidden in the barn. Yeah, see, sounds familiar. Couldn't tell you. Ah, the answer was Bluebeard. I actually yeah. loaned that I loaned that to Neil Wood. I never anticipate getting it back. But it, it's actually it's it's I've finished books and my wife's like, what's what was it about? I'm like, I'm home, I don't know. You think I'm going into like a a state? You know what I mean? Like that's not normal to like for somebody to sit there read a book and it's almost like how some people will listen to like an album it's like and kind of zone out i literally read a book and zone out 
I mean, I'm, I, I have to be retaining something. That's like I finished the Dark Tower series. I read them okay. all. Man, all of them. Uh, I, I, I can tell you a little bit about <laughs> what those nine million pages were about. And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I just I can't retain fucking information anymore. You know what I'm actually trying to do with music is uh, just because I listen to new music and I like it, but then none of it ever stays with me. I have been mm-hmm. actively trying to like listen to new albums several times in a week. Because you think about it before, that's how all your favorite songs got into your brain. You bought a CD as a fucking teenager and then you only had like five CDs in your car. So you ended up cranking this thing all the time until it yeah. burned into your DNA. Yeah, I'll still go back and listen. I, I, I was doing that all last summer. I would just pick like an album and just listen to it from beginning to end like every day. Hmm. I don't know with music. I'm more, I don't forget melodies, but for some reason with books, it's just, I don't know. And I, cause I, and I read all the time. I mean, I probably read, I shouldn't say all the time, but I'm good for at least 13, 14 books a year. Oh, okay. You know, so I like to read. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I, maybe I was reading too much and it just, it, it's not sinking I don't know. It's not sinking in because I always thought that, you know, how like they're like, oh, well, they're well read. So they're intelligent. I'm like, well, I must be the opposite because it's not sinking in. Like, <laughs> I've read Moby Dick. I don't think it made me a smarter person. No, no. no it's, I mean, it, it, there are it, there's tricky ways about that, because, you know, I give some of our mutual friends shit for not really reading books. But and I guess there is other art they're taking in. It's. I, I don't know. There, there's, a, there's a big ADD aspect to it that I'm not really sympathetic to. Because I know like a lot of our friends is like, well, I try to read and I just can't pay attention. Like, yeah, you've been watching fucking Batman for 30 fucking years. If it's not green and pink, it gets, it gets caught at, at the first lock, you know? It's like, yeah, uh, I've, been, uh, I've been doing cocaine since I was five. Why, don't, why doesn't soda get me excited? <laughs> That's a good analogy. No, um, yeah, but anyway, Harry Potter. I feel like, see, we're we're probably the worst people to be on a podcast because we'll just get way off topic. That's fine. What, what we're gonna do? We're we're gonna get into the summary here, and as we do that, just anytime mm-hmm. we have something to discuss, we'll just stop and discuss. Uh, Which so is, just... yeah, these are these are like major chapters. Yes, we're we are still in the firm world building. Yes, this. And th- this is probably, I'd, I'd argue that these three chapters are like, I mean, they're, 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 they're like, they're definitely, I mean, there's the, 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 the main, main, main characters are basically introduced in these three, ca- in these three chapters. Yes. So yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it real quick for a precap from the last episode. Harry Potter is an abused kid who lives in a fucking pantry uh, one day, a fucking owl tells him, you're magic Jesus. Uh, we found out that fat people are the most evil people in England, and Harry's mm-hmm. going to magic school. And that's pretty much it. So. Oh, real quick. If you say Hagrid more than once, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm off. It's Hagrid. I, Meg Getz told me it was Hagrid. No, no, no. I just listened to it. She keeps telling you it's Hagrid, and you keep Hagrid. saying Hagrid. It's I ha- don't like, think of a speak. Hag, like a I am American. I do not speak these mud people dialects. Okay, 
that's well, that's that's for that's for the racist Brits to sort out amongst themselves. So if, if you saw if you heard that there was a witch, what's another word a word for a witch? A cunt. My wife. <laughs> Hagrid. I didn't mean it to say my I didn't mean to say my wife's a cunt like that. I mean my wife's got a witch. All right. Yeah, a, I know. A, a hag. Rid the Hagrid. hag. Hagrid. Okay. There you go. Hagrid. All right. I think so, you're good, man. I think we got it. Chapter six, platform nine and three quarters. Harry's last month with the Dursleys is unpleasant. The day before he is due to leave, Harry asks Uncle Vernon to take him to the station. Uncle Vernon agrees to, but ridicules him for saying he is to leave from track nine and three quarters, as is marked on the ticket Hagrid gave him. Mm. The following day, Harry arrives at the station and stands between tracks nine and ten with a thumb up his ass, wondering <laughs> how to find track nine and three quarters. Finally, he overhears some people mention Hogwarts. It is a family of red-headed children who seem to be bound for the academy. He asks the mother for help, and she tells him to walk through the barrier between tracks nine and ten. Harry does so, and he is astonished to find the train to Hogwarts on the other side. Harry boards it. How do people not see this fucking thing? Like, how many... It, Think of trusting a little kid to do something secretly so people don't see. Well, you have to be, you have to also be magic to cross through it. So you, you would just run into the pillar. But what if I saw somebody else go through? Would, would an entire train station be like, I guess we all just hallucinated 40 or 50 children. Yeah, because well, you're you're early in the books, and they get more into that uh, where there's okay. different spells and everything, where where the the Muggles don't see, because they do venture out into the real world on several occasions, and there are enchantments and spells that block th that we would not see them performing this magic. Okay, okay. So there's a so greater there thing are, at play. This isn't just a bunch of fucking You're not going gingers. to find any holes. Yeah, there are no holes in 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 this story. I mean, I know you and Meg were talking about, um, you know, did she plan all that? She one hundred percent planned all this out. I mean, because okay. there's even there's there's things that she wrote in this book that are so buried that are major things or just little hints to things to come. She had this thing, like I know. I I mean, being a writer, I never wrote a novel. I write plays, I write uh, screenplays and things like that, short stories I've done. You know, I know the whole thing about, you know, as you're writing, you know, thing, you know, the juices start going, but there are writers who have everything planned out and they're, they know that seven books in, this is going to happen. So they're just going to plant, bam, that little tiny thing that, you know, we'll get into that in like a later chapter, but you know, yeah, there are, there's no, there's no holes. I don't think in this. So when you're like, well, how don't they see that? They explain it later. You'll you'll get to okay. all that as you get deeper into the books. Okay. Um, on the train, Harry is introduced to Fred and George Weasley, twins who are returning to school, and to their brother Ron, mm -hmm. another student who will be starting at Hogwarts. Ron introduces Harry to such details of wizard life as Quidditch, which is like soccer on broomsticks, famous witches and wizards cards, which are collectible items like baseball cards, and every flavor beans, which consider contain every flavor of jelly bean even horrible flavors. One of the cards bears the picture of Albus Dumbledore and just happens to mention a certain partner that he does magic with named Nicholas Flamel. Bet that won't come out. Uh, Ron, who comes from a poor family, cannot afford the pastries sold on the train, 
So Harry buys a lot with his newfound wealth and shares them with Ron. So mm. never read these books before. So I can only assume that the Weasleys are filthy Irish Catholics. That's pretty much what I was going to say. Yeah, she right. definitely was like, there's even more of them too. There's, there's, uh, uh, there's the youngest daughter. There's an Jenny. older brother. Yeah, so there's a ton of them. And it's Nicholas Flamel. Right, exactly. What is Flamel. Flannel? You, Whatever. You always put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> It's like, you know, I'm trying to figure out. Quit being a, yeah. n- never mind. I was going to say something. So, but all right. So here, here's where, this is where it gets fun to just shoot along where it's like, okay, well, they're filthy Irish Catholics. They don't pull out. That's why they have yeah. seven disgusting redheaded children. However, if you are magic, mm-hmm. how does Catholic, I want to know what the magic reasoning is for not using a condom, unless it's the same reasoning I use, which is just, it it dulls the magic and it just doesn't feel as good the only thing i can think of with that is in this world you must want to have those kids because they have a fucking spell for everything so there's got to be a spell for not having i guess it's the weasleys won't have like 19 friggin kids but they're also dirty and you know, everything's like a weird hand-me-down and everything. It's yeah, they, right. they do really lay it on. They are the Irish Catholics of the Wizarding World. Yeah. I will agree with you on that one. I, I will say they're very friendly as opposed to these families you meet in real life. In, in real life, you meet these, and it's just like a cacophony of like fighting and freckles. And of course, there's like the one cute sister that like you're kind mm-hmm. of afraid of. She, like you, you get your first hand job from her, but then she's gonna like kill your dog. Well, that's in the second book. He does get a hand job from the younger sister it's i don't know what chapter it is but it happens pretty early it's pretty interesting harry harry potter and the hand job of secrets <laughs> uh, oh all the secret hand jobs we got at schools let me tell you <laughs> oh god oh. all right we, we we might have to jump back onto this because you know what's yeah. happening is uh we're limited to only 40 minutes if oh, we okay. have beyond. but here's the thing no 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 usually that's only if we've had more than two guests but you and i have both signed on under multiple things so uh if that's the case we can just sign out and come back actually you know what let's just do that real quick let's sign out real quick and then sign right back in and that'll fix everything okay okay all right we're gonna do that all right fucking zoom we're already set up to continue so uh, Harry also meets a somewhat annoying, overachieving girl with bushy hair named Hermione Granger and sees again the unpleasant boy from the uniform shop whose name is Draco Malfoy. All the students... Classic Aryan. Classic what? They're, they're like classic Aryan nation, that whole family. Oh, yeah. Like, they're very, like... You, you see this yeah. in, like, video games a lot when there's a villain who's, like, their hair is the same color as their Whoa. skin. It's a kid's book, so she had to go over the top with the villains. Like, they have to be. Like, there's no guessing who the bad people are. Right. And I know and I know enough about the series to know that he has his redemptions along the way. But Yeah. Yeah, much, much farther along the way. Right. Um, arriving at the station, the newcomers are led into boats in which they sail to the castle of Hogwarts. So, yeah. Steve, we got to get your Harry Potter allegory. You are 11 years old. Who was your partner in crime? Who was your enemy? Who's the girl who may or may not be a love interest someday? You, you tell me. I will say, much like Harry, mine was also the redheaded girl. Uh, 
my dad had a friend in his biker gang that he ran with and his daughter was uh i'll just say stephanie and she was my childhood crush and then 10 years later we fucked once or twice and it was great was it magical i'll say nice i was i was afraid it was going to be uh a letdown i'm i i I, I never, so I, I, if her, I'm 11. Her, her breaking up with me right after, quite the letdown. Sex itself, great. Good for you, buddy. I'm glad that that worked out. Uh, no, I did not. I'm trying to think I'm 11. Well, here's the thing. I'm still best friends with the, my best friends from when I was 11. So okay. so who's your Ron? Him, who that, that my, my, my buddy Kevin is, is, is my Ron. The, the girl would definitely be uh, my other buddy's sister who um i god man i had i had it i still do i mean and i i shouldn't even, i'm not gonna say anything because i'm afraid <laughs> yeah friend I'm friend gonna... friend sister crushes are something I, else yes no i mean to this day <laughs> um i i'm still like i can look back fondly and and go yeah yeah that was that was her um was it your friend's older sister no she was my age Oh. they were also a family of like 50. So mm. all of them were like a year apart. Mm -hmm. So she was my age and he was actually a year younger than me. Um, okay. But yeah, so, so I got, I got that. I got that. What else do I have to hit? Uh, your enemy. Oh, the carpenters, the whole family. Oh, dude. I love a family of enemies. It is so yes. trash suburban. Tell me no, about the carpenters. It, it, the carpenters and they were blonde too no they were family psychopaths like father just out of prison or in prison and they would like walk around the neighborhood with like shirts off which you know when you don't have a shirt on you're pretty badass yeah and uh no they were they were at, like they're not even like they're not even like fun bullies like from movies where you're like that's the bully but then by the end he's all right uh no they were they were psychopaths they were like you know kick you when you were down break your finger type of bullies um and they would just walk around Oh man, with the one Kenny Carpenter. Ugh. Oh, that is a that is a dirty, violent kid's name. Ken Carpenter. Kenny Carpenter. Yeah, did like you ever did you ever see the uh, Elijah Wood movie The War with the lip? The, what? the war. Yes. Yeah, it, it sounds yeah, like he, that. he's like a little kid. He's like a little kid, and they have like there's a family of rednecks who are just violent as fuck. Well, you know, no, it's funny. That's what they were like. They were like rednecks. See, in, I'm in Southwest Philadelphia mm -hmm. and they were like, I don't know where they came from, but I think I was talking to my dad one time and he was saying how, yeah, that family, like one of those families, like they were bad from the get go. Like since like the thirties, mm -hmm. there's been carpenters roaming around Southwest Philadelphia that just, I mean, I don't even, I feel bad to an extent as an adult because they didn't have any friends. They just walked around beating people up. Yeah. I mean, it was the only expression up. they learned. Or getting beat up. But then it's not like in the movies also where it's like, oh, if you beat them up, they go away. No, they just keep coming back. Yeah. Until they get like their revenge and then they come back with like a baseball bat. So they were like, I mean, honestly, you saw them and you, you'd see them from like two blocks away and you'd be like, we got to go the other way. The carpenters are down there. Yep. They always ran in a pack. There would always be at least two of them. Mm. I think there were like five of them, but there would always be at least two together because they didn't have any friends. Yeah. It was, oh, oh they were dirty. They were always dirty. 
Ugh. It's one of those things. No matter, no, no matter how old I get, there are some people I just cannot have sympathy for, and just I, I think I don't have much for them. I'm sure they've had very hard lives if they're even alive. Hmm. Like if if somebody was like, "Oh, I heard that." No, they're all dead. I'd be like, "Yeah, that makes about sense." Like, yeah, I yeah, once saw them. They're also the they th- that that group. Those kinds of groups tend to procreate very quickly. Like they yes. pass on to the yeah. next generation. Yeah, they're like roaches. They don't live long, but they have about a hundred kids before they die. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were they were. Oh man, they were they were fucking brutal. I saw him beat up a kid and his pants fell off and he had no underwear on and he kicked <laughs> the shit out of this kid bearings. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, so. So imagine getting your ass kicked by a naked person. <laughs> it does not sound fun. God. Okay. Uh, chapter seven: The Sorting Hat. No, no, not at all. Um. All right. The new students are greeted at the castle door by Professor McGonagall, who tells them they will soon be sorted into their houses. All Hogwarts students live in one of four residences, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, or Slytherin. Each has its own team for Quidditch. Uh, Their houses are in a year-long competition with one another to acquire the most points, which are earned in Quidditch games and lost for student infractions. As the students enter Hogwarts, ghosts appear in the hallway. That's right, folks. Not only magic, ghosts exist. The students Mm -hmm. are led to the Great Hall where the entire school waits for them. They see a pointy hat on a stool. When students try it on, it, it, this is the sorting hat, the hat will announce in which house they will be placed. Harry becomes nervous. He has learned that he does not care for Slytherin house, as the students in it are unpleasant, and Voldemort once belonged to Slytherin. Finally, it is Harry's turn to wear the hat. After a brief mental discussion with the hat in which it tries to suggest Slytherin to him, he places him in Gryffindor. I don't know why I just gendered the sorting hat, but oh well. Harry is pleased to find that he is joined in Gryffindor by Ron and Hermione. Draco is placed in Slytherin. All right, Bickle, I feel like this is the big one that every fucking Harry Potter podcast has to do. Which house are you in? Uh, Gryffindor all day. Yeah. Yeah, Gryffindor. I, the, 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 because I think, I think personality-wise, and I shouldn't have given it as much thought as I have, personality-wise, I'm definitely a Gryffindor because... I feel like they're full of like the 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 biggest um, saps, if you will. Uh, mm. Like you know, like the people that are always trying to help people, but sort of getting shit on in the process. Like Neville. <laughs> just generally, yeah, good people. Uh, you know, I think she's broken it up very well into categories of people, and I think the Gryffindors are definitely like the people who got the most empathy, just trying to help people out you know, and wind up getting shit on by other people, but, you know, they're still good people, like, yeah. You, you have and to remind they, me, what are, what are the characteristics for the Ravenclaws and the Hufflepuffs? I think the Ravenclaws are, uh, like the, like, almost like the jocks, like, um, wow. brave, very jockey, but not douchey jockey, but, like, um, you know, I think most of, like, I think, like, more like the, 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 sportier kids are, are like Ravenclaw, but they're also. This is gonna suck to edit. Whew. Have you ever had a harder time with somebody recording a podcast? I, I, I've had harder times getting started, not in the yeah. process of it, but that's okay. So you were telling me about Hufflepuff. Yeah, Hufflepuff. Okay. 
Um, I'm trying to think. Hufflepuff, they're they're like kind of like the the meek, like you know what I mean, like um, like the. I'm trying to think would be a good word, like the quiet ones, like mm-hmm. more the thinking ones, like the probably the smart kids are more in Hufflepuff. Uh, Slytherins, obviously the assholes, yeah. but also intelligent. I'm, I'm not sure where I, um, I. All right, well you've settled it right there. I think I end up in Slytherin, and that isn't even me trying to be like fucking goth boy but once you say like in i don't know i i've had to come over a lot of my own dickhead tendencies so i guess slytherin is kind of where i belong no i don't think you're Sly- slytherin you have to be completely all for yourself everything's got to be about you and if even if you are friends with people it's only to further your your own goals so i'm um, I don't strike me as that type of person slytherin okay yeah it's just i i feel like it, i don't really fit in any yeah, so I would say I would put you. I would put you uh, either Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. Like a jock. Yeah, eh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit of a jock. I don't jock. know if I got Ravenclaw right. You have, to, <laughs> you have to look up Ravenclaw. I don't know if they're necessarily like jockey. They're like the the brave. Like, mm. but see, Gryffindor is brave too. But I mean, but I think Ravenclaw is like more of like the. The, they're more of the hero so if harry was probably going to be anything else i would think well see that's tough i can't really get in all that but okay it, it, i think i think the ravenclaws are like you know if, if you can think of like the hero with the flowing hair type of thing to me that's what they've always represented and the hufflepuff was like more of the you know but see hermione would fall well she's not patient so she wouldn't be see she would have either been a hufflepuff or a Gryffindor, but then probably she's a Gryffindor because she's not patient and kind of, you know, she's a little bit in your face. So, yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah. This is this is the nerdiest conversation I've ever. <laughs> That's fine. All right. Um, everyone sits down to a grand feast to begin the year. Harry is overwhelmed by the variety of luscious food served because, again, despite living in a pantry, he's eaten nothing but horrible British orphan food. Um, <laughs> Sir Nicholas de Mimsey Porpington, the resident ghost of Gryffindor, popularly known as nearly headless Nick because of a botched decapitation, introduces himself to the first year students and tells them he hopes they will win the house championship this year. Which, God, dude, to think of ghost sports fans, I just, it makes me hate South Philly even more. Just imagine like generations of dead Guidos. Like, I think the birds are going to take it this year. Yeah, they got it. <laughs> Um, no, the ghosts are ghosts are depressing though. Like, why? Like, they have to like stay in that castle and just watch kids grow up. And, oh yeah, like they don't have fucking families. They'd rather be hanging out yeah. with. You just gotta hang out in a fucking painting your whole life. Yeah, that's the other. Well, they're not even the paintings. The paintings. I'll tell you what. The paintings are one thing I've never understood in the whole world. Like, is that? Is that I don't them? know what those paintings, are. They aware. Them. It's not that. That's what I mean. Like, because when they die, they go into that painting, but I don't think it is their spirit. It's almost like part of their, ed- that's what I mean. I really don't understand the paintings. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to get into this and find out the epistemology of this universe. Like just the whole afterlife. Um, um, okay. Over dessert, the discussion turns to the children's upbringings. A student named Neville tells how he thought his family thought he was a muggle until he survived the fall from a window. So yeah, here's a question I have about how this world works. So yes. we know there are magical children born to muggles all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
can magical parents have a muggle child? Because that must suck. Yeah, they're called squibs. I've only learned of them, and I pity them immensely. Wow. And they are they are pitied. If, if they're if they do anything with magic, it's basically to be like a servant on the outside world. There's a few famous squibs in the book, and basically their job is to they live in the real world and um they can facilitate things as a connection but yeah they are pitied hard that that's the thing it, this book really gets into all the you know calling people like mudbloods which is you know but the squibs are just yeah not even anything unless they do usually the families will get rid of them oh wow that's a bummer uh, yeah. so steve did you have any childhood trauma that convinced you that you were different from the other kids? I don't, you know, I don't think I've had any trauma that made me feel different from the other kids. Um, I, I think, you know, growing up where I did and the amount of bullying, not just me, I mean, I wasn't anybody that was singled out, mm -hmm. um, but it just was a, I mean, that's why it was just a natural um, part of life. Everybody got bullied. Even the bullies got bullied. Yeah. Um, See, dude, that's why so, I, I thank God I just had the good fortune to be big. Because, like, personality-wise, I was, I was a fucking tetherball. You could have beaten me all day. No, see, I wasn't. That's why I, I used humor to get out of many a situation. Not all. I mean, you know, that's the other thing. You know, I, I would go. I mean, if I had to. But that's not. That's I was not. I didn't grow until college. We we are we are like traditionally slow, like uh, maturing individuals. I like I literally did not grow until like freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. um, if I weighed a hundred pounds in high school, I'd be surprised. Um, so yeah, wow. I had to. I didn't have magic. I had to develop humor to try and get out of a lot of situations. Uh, but no, I didn't have any. I don't know. That's the thing. I, I come from a place where it's like the, the trauma that I probably have seen or experienced. You're just you're told to kind of just get over it. You know what I mean? Well, it does seem so, like it, it does seem like particularly I've noticed this with like city kids, the way you said, like, well, everybody got bullied. It does yeah. seem to be a benefit in it not being a unique trauma. Yeah. I mean, if I was the only one, I guess I could be like I was the only one. But when you're in the middle of it, you feel like the only one. Um, but no, I mean, like, there's a lot of things that happen that I, I'll be telling people stories and they're like, oh, my God, that's horrible. How did you? And I'm like, well, you just got home with it. You know, you just, you just got over it. I mean, what were you, what were you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, I, and that's not me shitting on, um, like, people go and talk to somebody. I think that's great. I mean, if you need to talk to somebody, that's great. I just don't think that that wasn't, nobody did that when I grew up or, you know, where I was from, nobody was like, oh yeah, you know, Phil's going to his, uh, his session today. Nobody did that. I mean, it was, you know, just get over it. Um, but I don't think any, I don't know, I guess probably all the traumas, you know, I don't, I don't want to get deep on a Harry Potter. Podcast. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Harry glances around the room and notices a few of the chief <laughs> teachers talking to one another. One of them stares malevolently at Harry who immediately feels a sharp pain in his forehead scar. 
Harry finds out that this man is Professor mm. Snape, who teaches potions. After dessert, Dumbledore, yes. the head of Hogwarts, gets up to make his welcome speech. He adds a few warnings about staying away from the Forbidden Forest and avoiding the third floor corridor on the right side of the school. Everyone sings the school song and they go off to his or her house. Um, so yeah, here's something I can ask you. If you you said, oh wait, did you say you read this before the movies came out? No, so I saw I saw the first movie. The second movie was coming out. That's when I started reading the second book. Then I okay. went back and read the first one. See, I need to talk to somebody who... Uh, see, the thing is, having known enough about the movies, as soon as they talk about Snape, I'm picturing Alan Rickman. I, I really <laughs> want to hear people who were reading these right away and what they thought these people looked like before they had, you know, a certain casting thrown at them. I Well, one, I mean, Alan Rickman is the shit. And... I think he was perfect in that role. I don't know. I'm trying to think who I would cast if I did. I can't see anybody but Alan Rickman, who I just David I mean, Hasselhoff. I love. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It, 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 it honestly still blows my mind that Alan Rickman is dead. It is like that was one of I the know, first deaths. Suck? That was one of the first deaths where I was like, "Wait, I live in a world without Alan Rickman now? That doesn't make sense." I just walked around saying Hans Gruber's dead all the time. I I couldn't, you know, but. It's funny, you you passed over um, him meaning Snape. So if you look up, because I don't know it exactly, but, you know, talking about, um, you know, things that were planned and all, um, what he, his first words to Harry are very significant and could only have meaning if this were a completely almost planned out world. Uh, because what he says to him is a reference to what you find out much, much later, um, much later. I mean, you're, you're talking about maybe six or definitely maybe six, probably six, because that's the half-blood prince, I believe, yeah, um, what, what he meant. And they don't even, and she never even calls back to it. That's the best right. part. The first thing Snape asks Harry is, wait, I don't know if this is, what does he say? Do you know this? Yeah, he says, what do I get, like, if I put Okay, the... if I added powdered root of asphodel to an infusion of wormwood. And does yep. it say what, what that means, though? What, the, what, the, what that's... Refer it, it basically the old English words for those okay. things. According to Victorian flower language, asphodel is a type of lily, which is his mother's name, correct? His mother's name is a type of lily meaning my regrets follow you to the grave and wormwood means absence and also typically symbolized bitter sorrow. Yep. Shit. So that's... Yeah, yeah. Li uh, listener, go, go Google Snape's first words to Harry and there's articles on that. That's interesting. That's great. Uh, real... Yeah. Yes. Because okay. one, I mean, obviously, I mean... Uh, to know where the story was going, but then also refer to these things that she then would have had to reference. And you're talking, this was probably in what, 95, 96? What did she have, like a book of like old English floral terms? Yeah, that's a very like specific thing to just kind of know. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, I think, we, think you hit a blip. <laughs> because where, um, where it does go is, I mean, it gets, obviously, you know, I mean, but it gets uh, way more adult 
as the book series goes on, which is also genius to go, okay, I'm going to write these books for these kids that are going to go from yes. basically 11 to 18 years old. Dude, you know what I've always wanted to see? I've always wanted to see a cartoon that aged every year. I don't know why that's, a, I, I think I show Big Mouth is going to try it, but we'll see. There, yeah, I'm trying to think because I believe something like that exists, but I can't think off the top of my head. But uh, I think I Steven, Steven, Steven Universe did it like a little bit, but they didn't keep it real that. Anyway, let's keep rolling with this because yeah. it's, a, it's a school night. Um, <laughs> chapter eight, The Potions Master. Harry finds life at Hogwarts unfamiliar and strange. Everyone talks about him and an adult always seems to be around when he's doing something wrong. Harry finds all the classes interesting, with the exception of the history of magic. In the first transfiguration class, where students are taught how to turn one thing into another, only Hermione is able to make any progress at turning a match into a needle. Harry is relieved to see that others are just as lost as he is. Uh, Bickle, tell me, when was the time that all the other kids were talking about you? I'm still waiting for them to start talking about me. <laughs> Who the hell talked? Nobody talked about me. I don't know. You mean like behind my back like thing? I'm trying. I'm just trying to think if there was ever any. I'm trying to think for myself if there was an event that like if I was like the talk of the school. Actually, no, I, I, think, can, I, I can think of the one time it was middle school. I was the first of my friends to finger a girl. That was it. And then I did not get anywhere near a vagina for five more years. I'm still um, I'm still <laughs> trying to get there. Um, no, I probably, uh, I played, I played the national anthem, I think in sixth grade before a basketball game on the saxophone. Ooh. And I was, I was, I think I was like the shit for like, uh, I think I was the shit for like five minutes to somebody who was like, that's gay. And that was the end of that. <laughs> so that was, that was it. I was like, okay. I, I love how kids are so dismissive of that. Like you need, you better be the coolest fucking guy ever. Or like they're just gonna cut you in too. Uh, oh yeah, no, there was nobody rising out of the crab pot. No, tall poppy. Uh uh. All right. During breakfast the first Friday, Harry's Al Hedwig, who delivers mail, arrives with a tea invitation from Hagrid. Later in his potions class, Harry discovers that Snape really does not like him, mocking Harry as our new celebrity, and then humiliating Harry for his ignorance of herbs. Herbs. Well, I get if it's British, it's herbs, and if it's us, it's herbs. Um, Harry brings herbs, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. Harry brings Ron with him to Hag Hagrid's. I almost fucked up Hagrid's shack for tea. Harry and Ron <laughs> are disconcerted by Hagrid's huge and fierce-looking dog Fang, but discover that he is gentle. Hagrid tells Harry that he is overreacting to Snape's treatment, asserting that Snape would have no reason to hate him. Harry happens to notice an article from the Wizard newspaper detailing a break-in that occurred at Gringotts Bank. Gringotts totally not Jews goblin bank in a vault that had been emptied earlier in the day. He realized yeah, it didn't age well. No, it did not. No. Uh, he realized that it happened on his birthday, the day he and Hagrid went to Gringotts. Furthermore, he remembers that Hagrid emptied vault 713, taking a small package with him as he left. Harry leaves Hagrid's, his mind filled with questions. So, yeah, I don't have any questions for that. That's just that chapter summary. I was always amazed, even when I read this the first time, the amount of access Hagrid had to like these kids, like in private settings. Yeah, actually, the the janitor and groundsman and caretaker. He's he's yeah. and he's Scottish. He's basically gigantic groundskeeper Willie. 
and and the kids would just go hang at his shack. Yeah. <laughs> so we yeah, didn't have that a guy never sat right. So funnily enough, we didn't have that guy in my school. We had a different Simpsons character. There was a guy named Bus Driver Bill. So very much like uh, Otto, but he was into like heavy metal and shit. And he would like hang out with the kids. And it, it, it was very uncomfortable. I got high with Bus Driver Bill quite a few times. Then come to find out he's a born again Christian amidst all these other things. <laughs> I learned about the rapture while very high at 15 at bus driver bill's house that he chose. we had the same bus driver his name was otto and <laughs> seriously and and we uh he just let us smoke on the bus all the time that is an awesome bus driver he was great yeah he was great i, I mean he would definitely be fired by today's standards uh but yeah he just he, he would just be like yeah yeah whatever until like some i think some kid told his mom we were all smoking on the bus and I mean, imagine what Weasel had to go home and tell his mom, they're smoking on the bus. Piece of shit. I can feel my little lungs hurting. (laughs) Yeah, went home and told his mom. It is is fun to think back of just like older people you hung out with that were really cool. Like we hung out with, uh, so my best friend had a sister four years older than him and she dated a guy named Rich. And even after they broke up, we hung out with Rich because he just like worked on cars all day and smoked weed and listened to metal. And now we realize, like, that dude was, like, 23, hanging out with two 15-year-olds and a random wheelchair guy who lived in the neighborhood. What the fuck yes. was happening there? It was weird. That is weird. You can look back. I'm glad that you can at least look back now and be like, there was something, there was something wrong with him. Because there was, there was a dude in our neighborhood that used to, like, everybody hung out, like, on the corner and all. But, like, this guy would hang out. We were, like, 15. And, yeah, he was, like, 21. It's, like... And now I look back and I'm like, but I think even at like 15, I was like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Like, yeah. you know, what the, he's, yeah, it's just something creepy about it. And I'm like, and he would go buy beer for us and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I think the only benefit was like, he didn't try to fuck any of the girls we brought around. That would have been the thing that like, like ding, 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 like this isn't good. We need to get away from this guy. He was trying to fuck somebody. Was you don't trying, know. Was he trying to? He was. Was he trying to fuck me, Steve? <laughs> I was so low. I was so lonely at the time. I, I might have given him a go. Here's the thing. I'm not saying it was you or or guys or girls, but he was he was trying to fuck somebody. There's that no was, reason. That was during the dry spell. It. That was during the dry spell after the fingering. So I might have been desperate enough. <laughs> Still a little moisture left on that thing. The fingerer has become the fingered. Okay, this is a Harry Potter podcast. Um, <laughs> no, dude, I, I, dude, I want to I rename the show just because Kill Your Gods, it turns out, is really not great for the algorithm because number one, kill, that's getting sorted yeah. out. Gods, mm-hmm. that too. But it's not going to be just a Harry Potter thing. So I don't know what the fuck to make it for books. But I'm just trying to call this series like Comedians Read Harry Potter because I feel like that's what you're getting out of it. You're getting funny people who are riffing on this nonsense and like, you know, we're talking about Fang, and then next thing you know, we're talking about weirdos fingering us, and that's how it goes. That's the appeal. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody finds it funny, or they're just like, "What the like?" They were talking about poison ivy on their dick, and they end it with fingering, <laughs> and it's supposed to be about chapters five, six, and seven of Harry Potter. <laughs> Dude, I just I hope some fucking kid listens to this instead of a book report. That's all I want out of life. Come hang out in my garage. Listen to Metallica while I work on my car, kids. 
Well, there you go. You could be the old dude hanging out with the teenagers. I can see you doing that. I'm, I'm in a neighborhood now where there's like there's some kids coming up. Like we want to have kids you, too, but like they'll definitely. I'll be sitting on the front porch. Got that look. Yeah. No, I have a plan. I'm gonna sit on the front porch <laughs> in a rocking chair with my guitar, and some stragglers will wander by and like, will you mm-hmm. teach me a song, Mister Dram? Yeah, go go get that go get that wine out of the fridge. I'll play yeah, you a number get, two. Here's a cigarette. You guys know about menthol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, menthol can't get it legally anymore. But yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, oh, let's, shit. let's wrap this up. Chapter nine, Midnight Duel. Harry is upset by the news that the Gryffindors will have flying lessons with the Slytherins because he does not want to spend more time with Draco Malfoy. Uh, Madam Hooch great character name madam hooch leads the class gently sending the new flyers off the ground on their broomsticks neville has an accident and breaks his wrist immediately uh hooch takes him to the hospital telling everyone to stay on the ground while she is away malfoy notices a magic ball belonging to neville picks it up and begins to fly around with it harry goes after malfoy who throws the ball in the air harry catches it spectacularly and lands safely back on the ground just then, Professor McGonagall arrives, reprimanding Han- Harry and ordering him to follow her. But instead of punishing him, McGonagall introduces him to Oliver Wood, captain of the Gryffindor Quidditch team, explaining that Harry will make an excellent Quidditch player. Uh, Steve, tell me about a time you discovered a talent for the first time. I think, uh, I think you know, playing an instrument, that, that you know, uh, okay. being funny in a group, uh that was always my talent uh and and it was very important to me uh but then you know because i started playing music uh pretty young and no one else no one else did that like i was the only kid in the neighborhood that played an instrument which is insane like a lot of people pick shit like pick guitar up and shit um in their teens but like i mean i i was playing when i was like nine years old Hmm. so i was the only i was known as like the music guy Nice. Yeah, although, I although saxophone wasn't the coolest of instruments. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You'd have to you'd have to really like <laughs> impress some like older black gentleman on the corner, like just just open. They'll, they'll give you a little bit of attention, <laughs> Curtis Low style. Um, well, I I should say it wasn't uh, that cool in in grade school, but college it it definitely paid for itself. Hell yeah. Talking about <laughs> fi- talking about fingering in two ways. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, both hands. <laughs> uh, at dinner, Harry <laughs> excitedly tells Ron about joining the Quidditch team. Uh, this is a big deal because like they do not let year- first years under the Quidditch team. This is a huge fucking deal that he's yes. gonna be in here. But uh yeah, Malfoy comes over with his cronies, Crab and Goyle and teases Harry about getting in trouble earlier. The tension grows, and Malfoy challenges Harry to a wizard's duel. Harry accepts, in spite of Hermione's attempt to dissuade them from breaking the school rules about, you know, using magic before you're ready. As Harry and Ron sneak out later the night, Hermione tries to stop them, but gets locked out of the dorm and must tag along. Neville, wandering around lost, also joins them. Fucking Neville just is a tag-along, by definition. That's, that's, that's his story. Uh, they arrive at the trophy room, the site of the duel, but Malfoy is nowhere to be found. Suddenly, they hear Argus Filch, the school caretaker, and his cat, Mrs. Norris. They begin to hide and then run away. Not sure where they're going, 
They accidentally end up in the forbidden area that Dumbledore mentioned on the third floor, staring at a large and scary three-headed dog. The children's manage to get back to their dorm safely, though they are terrified. Hermione reprimands Harry, but stirs his curiosity by pointing out that the dog was standing on a trap door. So, yeah, we're going to find out that they think the dog is hiding something, protecting something, and uh, yeah, that's that. That's where, all where we are right now. I'm, I'm realizing yeah, now, I mean, unlike... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go. No, no, please, please. I was going to say something different. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny how those chapters play out it's like it, you know it's definitely for an 11 12 year old and it's like these chapters are all like leading up very explain everything and bam 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 here you go and just really moving the story along and how it it, it towards the end it becomes more of you know an adult book where not everything is explained to you much more uh you know topics that go a lot deeper but you know it, it's it's i i reminisce about you know how simple it's almost like a dan brown book uh just very simple explain everything at the end <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. no i i do like that kind of writing again this book having started as infinite jest like that just Ugh. intentionally dense dense writing was just not fun to read and that was actually the thing i was about to say before i said that it's too far off topic is like I'm realizing now, as opposed to the other books I've done on this podcast, this might be the first book I've done where it would take you longer to listen to the podcast than to just read the fucking pages we're covering. <laughs> but doesn't matter. This is still fun. I'm having a good time yeah. with this. But, yeah, why not? Uh, yeah. So anyway, I think that wraps up our episode, Steve. It only took uh, 15 attempts that I will have to edit together. And that actually won't, <laughs> as long as the levels are fine, that won't take long. I apologize. I, I, I really, I do. I, I apologize for, for being, uh, you know, technologically uh, inept. It's your fault. I'm you going to have all this all editing to do. It's your fault. I have poison oak and tetanus and it's your fault that I have poison oak on my butthole and my penis. That's all right. I can come over, give you a little scratch here and there. Oof, talk about and you can, uh, apology. you can show me that trick with the flashlight. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve, thanks for doing this. Tell us again uh, where you're at, where we can find you, what you got coming up. This will be coming out in the next two days because we're recording this on the usual release date. So I'm, I'm getting this one out there. Uh, I, you can find me on Facebook, Steve Bickle, S-T-E-V-E-B-I-C-K-E-L, uh, Instagram, Speakeasy Philly. Uh, my when, is, next, yeah, when, uh, when, is, when is Speakeasy coming back? Oh, dude. I know. I just was talking to Lamar the other day too, and I don't. I don't know. There, I'll. I'll talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> even even it. even Perry said like that was her favorite show to like hang out at. And Everybody loved that show. That was the hangout show. I mean, I think you know. I don't think it was a fluke either. I think you know, other than having a great bar to do that at, mm-hmm. uh, but that's always. I mean, that was exactly what I wanted it to be, and it turned out to be exactly what I wanted it to be. I was like, look. Just come out. We'll hang out. Everybody can jump up on stage at some time, but it's not going to seem like, you know, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Like people have 20 comics and they're all doing 25 minutes. Um, yeah. You know, and then hang out, you know, so, but hopefully we're, 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 we're cooking something up. So awesome. Hopefully within, you know, the next few months we'll have something going, uh, but you know, whatever. 
Uh, but no, I'll be, um, for anybody in the area, I'll be at the, uh, the Wissahickon Wine Bar. That should be right around the corner from you. Yes, it is. I can't wait. I'll probably, I'll probably stop in on that tomorrow. Just like poke my head in. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good little mic to hit, but I'm going to do like a little, little spot there, a uh, little feature spot there next Tuesday. And then after that, I'm on vacation and then hitting oh, things back up in September. But I'll have, I'll have all that stuff up. I mean, you know, perfect. So yeah, find me go follow him. Steve Bickle, uh, speak easy Philly. I'm going to end this the way I end every episode. We're going to stop recording, but me and Steve are still going to talk and you're not allowed to listen to that. Goodbye. This has been the Harry Potter fingering podcast. <laughs> Don't trust the carpenters. <laughs>